The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Last time we were looking at the word of God last Friday, or a few weeks before Friday, we did the first few verses in Psalm chapter 97. If you want to follow along, we're going to pick up in verse number 6 of Psalm chapter 97. The Bible says, The heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Confounded be all they that serve magists, that boast themselves of idols. Worship him, all ye gods. Zion heard and was glad, and the daughter of Judah rejoiced, because of thy judgments, O Lord. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for righteousness, and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. When I look at these kind of two sections, the first couple of verses we read and then the second half, I kind of get this question. Have you ever been in a situation, we talked about this a little bit last night in our evening service, and it comes off the idea of asking, why does God allow certain things to happen in our life? And of course, the simple answer is we live in a fallen world. And while there's true, and while we live in a sinful world, it doesn't always necessarily give us the answer we need. It's just sometimes not enough. So we talked about the idea that God is sovereign, God is powerful, and that our answer is that we have to trust him, even though he allows things that don't always make sense to us. And so we talked about, you know, that we just don't ask him for directions. We don't say, hey, are you going the right way? Although it's easy to do that. But we're going to see two aspects of Scripture. Because what happens in that time when you're battling is maybe you've had this. Uh, family, friends, coworkers, as you maybe talk about Jesus, and they say, how could you believe that? Do you really believe that? Could that be possible? And you begin to wonder. You may wonder, maybe they're right. Is, it, is what I'm believing 100% true? And that's really what we see at the first couple of verses we looked at. The first thing he says in verse 6, the heavens declare his righteousness, and all the people see his glory. Then he says in verse 7, confounded be all they that serve graven images, that boast themselves of idols, worship him, all ye gods. So he is referencing the fact that these people that worship graven images, which never made sense to me, literally, they're worshiping idols that they have built and created with their own hands. They carve out an image, and they stick it in their house, and somehow that graven image is supposed to protect them simply this God of theirs is a work of their own hand. And, you know, that's a simple practical application today. How many of us have placed as our God, our identity, uh, the purpose for life in what we could create with their own hand, with our work, with our abilities, with our family, our finances, all these things, and really our existence and our future all become about us. And he says, listen, these people who want to tell you, how could you believe that? How could you really follow that? I don't know if I believe that. Here's what God said to these people is the heavens declare God's righteousness and all those people see his glory. Confounded are they that serve graven images. Now, the world wants to say this is all about evolution. The world wants to say none of this is true. The fact is, there's the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, there are two evangelists that let people know that God is real. And the first one is creation. Creation lets them know. As much as they want to believe the lies of evolution, there's part of them inside that knows that there's no way you can see everything around you and assume it was an accident. And so he says, he says in his passions, the heavens declare to these people who want to tell you this isn't worth believing. I don't know if this is true. They can look outside 
and just see the amazement of what's around them. And part of them knows, whether they want to believe it or not right now, they know that this is not something accidental, that there is someone out there. And then the Bible says there is an inborn evangelist inside of them, part of them that reminds them daily that they need more. It's one of the reasons they try to create gods or religions or why religion is so popular, because God's told them that something inside of them knows there's something more than them. And even those who scream atheism or Gnosticism, they just place themselves as God. Or they're running from the truth that they know. But here's what he tells us. It's what he says to all those who don't believe. But here's what he says to us. He starts off with Zion in verse 8, talking about Israel. Zion heard and was glad. And the daughters of Judah rejoiced because of thy judgment, the Lord. Because of what you've done to them. Because of how you are righteous. Verse 9. For thou, Lord, art high above all the earth. Thou art exalted far above all gods. He, so he talks about him. His judgments, his truth, his holiness is what we hold on to. And while there's a lot of fake in religion and emptiness and all of these things in our world, and while many of us don't know people who would bow down to idols, we have false religions. We have that surrounded by us. It's all man-made about me being good enough. And he says, listen, they, they have that, and we know it's empty. We have you. But I love what he says to us in verse 10. Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. You know when he says, ye that love the Lord hate evil? There was times when I would come to the impression, meaning, well, that means I've really got to physically love God more and then try to. I felt like both of those were things I needed to do. Hear me tell you what he's saying in this passage. The more we love the Lord, the more we read about God, the more we worship God, the more we accept God, the more we get surrounded by people who love God, the more we will grow to love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates. This is not a command, hey, love God more and hate evil more, because that, that's a man-centered thing. This is just a progression. The more I love God, the more I will grow in loving what he loved, and then I will grow to hate evil. And then he, he preserveth the souls of his saints of us. He delivereth us out of the hand of the wicked. He says in verse 11, light is sown for the righteous, and gladness for the upright heart. It didn't make sense to me at first, probably the way it's translated here, but light is sown for the wicked. The word sown could be shown, brought out. It's a flashlight. God helps us to see the truth. He helps us to see the direction he wants us to go in. He helps us to see his truth in the word of God. He helps us to see the emptiness of the world. We know we have something the world does, and we can't always explain it, but we know that God is different. He says, so light, his light, his answer, his strength, his guidance is shown to us. And then there's gladness for the upright of heart. There, there's a, a joy. There, there's, a, there's a happiness. It doesn't always make sense. We can't always explain this exactly. But there is something inside of us we understand because we have God. We don't have the emptiness of the world. And he says in verse 12, Rejoice in the Lord, ye us, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. You know that phrase, rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous. Sometimes we look at that and that means good people. Like we look at the righteous and say, well, that's me being good. It's this works-based thing. I'm saved, but I have to do all these things to be righteous. You know the word righteous is what we call positional. It's not something I earn. I can never be righteous in my own actions. My righteousness is because I'm part of God's family. When I get saved, I become righteous. Not necessarily good. I become righteous in the eyes of God because I'm part of his family. And because he has done in me what I need to be righteous, he has imputed 
the righteousness of God in me that I become righteous. He's not looking at good people. He's looking at redeemed people. That is God. Rejoice in the Lord, ye redeemed. And give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. This is what we hold on to. And I guess I'll finish with this. What we look at is the world wants us to doubt some of what we believe. And don't get me wrong. There'll be times you will. You wonder why God's allowing things in your life, why this is happening, why he's not answering prayer as quickly or the way you think he should. And it's easy to say, Lord, are you doing this? Is this maybe you're mad at me? Is Satan out to get me? Have you forgotten about me? And while we theologically and theoretically know the answers to those questions, Satan throws lies into our mind. We believe them. That's what we find in this passage. He says, listen, don't let the world, don't let your circumstances change that. Just keep focusing on God and stay with him on the good days and the bad days. Trust in his and trust in his holiness and trust that he's working in your life no matter what. Just keep your eyes focused on him. And as we've said over and over and over, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understandings. Don't allow yourself to make decisions based upon how you view things. Trust in him and just follow him no matter what circumstance you may find yourself in. Again, I want to thank you for joining us on this Monday morning. And I hope you're having a great day. I hope you have a great week. Uh, you never know what he's going to bring. And so I encourage you to keep your eyes focused on Jesus, whatever it is that God allows to come into your life. Back here every day at 11. I'll probably be in the office tomorrow, but 11 o'clock. And again, if you can't watch this live, do the archives on my Facebook page, the church's Facebook page, and the YouTube channel. And then obviously you can just search up Source of Truth on all the different platforms for audio podcasts. And later today, this audio will be up there as well. Thanks again for joining us today. We we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.